You're listening to an ACR 2021 podcast, a compilation of reports, interviews, perspectives, and panel discussions that feature the Room Now faculty and noted experts. Hope you enjoy. I'm Dr. Pedro Castillo in Dallas, Texas, reporting for Room Now as we cover ACR Convergence 2021. Today, I'd like to talk to you about something I found very interesting. And if you're following at home, the abstract number is 1429. This was presented by Dr. Stacy Dillon. This has to do with a therapeutic molecule called Alpine 303 that is a dual antagonist of both BAF and April. Now, this was created using or, or identified using Alpine's directed evolution. And we're not going to get into that right now. Honestly, I, I'm not sure that I could even, uh, I'm not qualified to even get into that. Uh, but what's really cool about this is that uh, I think it may have, and they think it may have some therapeutic benefits for patients with lupus, as well as other antibody-mediated diseases. Now, what are BAF and April? BAF and April are members of the TNF superfamily, and they have different targets on B cells. BAF has a target or that it can bind to, uh, BAF-R, TACI, and BCMA, whereas April has the targets of TACI and BCMA. And it's important to kind of notice these targets because these are seen differentially expressed on, on uh, B cells during the life cycle of the B cell. And so early on, you see BAF-R, but there, that is not seen in uh, plasma cells or Ig secreting parts of the cell, uh, of the B cell cycle. Whereas uh, TACI and BCMA are seen later on in the middle to later stages of the B cell uh, development. Now, BAF and April are both very important for the development, differentiation, and uh, the survival of B cells. And so targeting these is, uh, is, is an ideal sort of way to potentially help patients with these kinds of diseases. Now, there are these two other agents, telatacicept uh, uh, and uh, atacicept, uh, which were uh, based on basically a wild type uh, tacky fusion protein. And I just, I mentioned them because Alpine 303 will be measured up against it in a couple of parts of this uh, study. Um, now, these also are dual antagonists of April and BAF, um, but when they did a study with these on patients with lupus, they did find that uh, not, you know, many patients did not respond and or they had uh, significant flares, up to 50% of the patients had significant flares uh, up to about five to six months into the study. Now, Alpine 303 was, uh, they had these mouse models where they did a KLH immunization and they measured that the antibodies in these mice uh, after the uh, after alpine 303 was given or these wild type tacky fusion proteins and they found that alpine 303 significantly outperformed the atacicept and teletacicept by decreasing significantly the igg and igm antibodies there was also a mouse model of lupus that uh, was treated and they found significant decrease in nephritis bun renal immune complexes, and an increase in uh, survival. So overall, this is very exciting. And it's exciting because you know, we do have B cell targeting therapies. I mean, we, of course, uh, know about rituximab. And, uh, but but the, the, the difference here is that the anti-CD20 action of rituximab does not target directly the later stages, the, the plasma cells that are antibody secreting, whereas this medication uh, would target the whole cycle. So I'm very excited to hear more from this group. They're going to start enrolling adult patients or adult uh, volunteers, excuse me, into the uh, phase one uh, portion of these trials. And uh, that may start as early as this year. So we'll see where things go. 
thank you very much for joining us and you can uh, hear more at room now this is video two hi i'm dr pedro castillo in dallas texas reporting for room now as we cover acr convergence 2021 today i'd like to talk to you about abstract number 1946 this is presented by dr silja waterdahl siverson and it's a uh, presentation on the Nordrum B or the Norwegian Drug Monitoring Trial. This is an open label study where they looked at patients who are on maintenance therapy with infliximab for a variety of inflammatory diseases and tried to see if the, uh, the benefit, uh, if there was a benefit for therapeutic drug monitoring versus standard treatment with infliximab. And so, this was done over, uh, this is a national study and it was uh, included 21 hospitals, uh, 454 patients. They were divided in half. There were patients who were, uh, the, the inflammatory diseases were psoriatic arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's, as well as uh, axial spondyloarthritis, which I think made up the, the largest uh, proportion of those patients. Now, uh, this was a 52 week study and they found uh, what the primary endpoint was, was to see if you could maintain their uh, uh, low disease activity or sustained disease control by DAS-28 on, uh, oh, sorry, I messed it up. You're good, you're good. <clears throat> All right, one, two, three, oh, four. Hey, hold on, let me hit my mute. Oh, okay. okay, go ahead. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Dr. Pedro Castillo in Dallas, Texas with Room Now. We're covering ACR Convergence 2021. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the abstract 1946 for those of you following at home. This was presented by Dr. Silja Waterdahl Siverson. This is a uh, this is going over the Norwegian Drug Monitoring Trial or Nordrum B. This is a part of the trial that was looking at therapeutic drug monitoring versus standard therapy for patients receiving infliximab for a variety of inflammatory diseases. Now, these inflammatory diseases spanned uh, several, including GI and arthritic types of uh, diseases and skin disease. So psoriatic arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, axiospondyloarthritis, uh, ulcerative colitis, and Crohn's. Now, this was done over 21 different hospitals with 454 patients divided in half where half of the group would get uh, the therapeutic drug monitoring, and the other half would be standard of care. Now, therapeutic drug monitoring was basically trying to keep an infliximab level of between three to eight milligrams per liter. The standard therapy was to use basically clinical judgment based on clinical factors uh, of, of the physicians treating these patients to decide if they wanted to change the dose of infliximab. The idea here is to see if we can try to minimize the amount of patients who are getting an overdosed amount of medication and also ensure that patients are within the therapeutic range, as well as prevent people from, quote unquote, failing the drug, um, when in fact, perhaps they were just outside of the therapeutic range. The primary endpoint here was for all diseases, all the diagnoses together, to maintain or sustain, uh, sustained control of the patients. Now these, of course, remember, are infliximab-treated uh, patients who are on maintenance therapy. Now, in the therapeutic drug arm, they had 74% sustained control, whereas in the standard of care, it was 56%. And this was a significant difference when you're talking about the primary endpoint of meeting all the diagnoses together. When you're looking at the individual the subgroups, 
AS or uh, axial spondyloarthritis as well as ulcerative colitis were significantly different with the rest of them also uh, being numerically different. In other words, uh, better than the standard of care for the uh, therapeutic drug monitoring arm. Uh, but uh, those other ones were not significant in and of themselves. But again, remember that's a subgroup analysis, whereas the primary endpoint was meant for the whole group altogether. This is a, a really cool study because it basically is potentially practice changing in the future. I mean, if we have a cheap and readily available way to check therapeutic levels of infliximab on these patients, we may find that, um, hey, they, they have a too low of a level and maybe we just need to increase the dose. Or perhaps they have a very low level and in fact, they're, uh, they have a high antibody to infliximab, in which case we need to switch therapy. Perhaps we find that some of them have a too high of a level and we can decrease the frequency or decrease the dose. And so that, that can be important for a lot of reasons. The other thing that they did find in this study that was interesting was that the dose variation was actually lower or better uh, in the therapeutic drug monitoring group. In other words, they didn't vary the doses as much in the therapeutic drug monitoring group. I would have thought that it would have been the other way around, but in fact, uh, those who were just getting standard of care uh, are the ones who changed more often. And the other thing that was interesting was that patients who received standard of care therapy more often had levels that were below the goal. Now, this was an open label study, which of course presents its own uh, various limitations, uh, but it's very encouraging to see that this may be an avenue for better targeted therapy for those patients. Thank you very much for joining me today. This is Room Now. You can learn more at roomnow.com and you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Castillo underscore Pedro. Thank you very much.